0: Welcome to 2013, and isn't it good news that God prepared in advance this year, and we have an opportunity to to take hold of it and uh, experience the new that He has brought before us. Many of you have probably made goals for the year. Anybody make resolutions or goals? Uh, It's kind of fun to do, Right. And uh, did you know that most people set the same resolutions every year? How many of you have some repeats this year? I definitely have a couple repeats this year. What resolutions did you actually make last year that you, like, fulfilled? Turn to somebody next to you and share it with them. Go. A resolution you actually made that you fulfilled. I thought I would do my Pentecostal preacher thing, you know, and get my 12th man towel, sweat a little or something. I, I just don't sweat them. I shine. So hopefully you made some good ones that you kept and, and stuff. I uh, Two, I looked at my goals that I'd written down. I use this program called Spring Pad where I write all my thoughts and, like, keep everything. It's online, so I don't have to, like, it's on my phone, my iPad, whatever. So I love this program, and one of them was just called 2012, this document that has my goals in it. And I hit, uh, the, one of them was to read more. So I hit that, I read more, and I wanted to lose weight, and I dropped over 30 pounds. So I was like, yeah, I wanted to, act. actually I wrote 40 pounds. And uh, so I missed it by 10, but I, was, I, I lost weight. So that's a good direction. Uh, and then there are plenty of things I missed. I missed… I didn't read my Bible every day. I know, I'm I'm a pastor. I'm probably not making it to heaven. Anyway, so I didn't. I tried, you know, I probably thought about Scripture every day, but I didn't literally open it every day. Uh, I didn't fast as much as I had set out to. I had like a goal to, to fast, which is like skipping a meal and praying instead of eating. I didn't do that as much as I wanted to very much at all. And then I uh, didn't lead as many people to Jesus as I had put down. I wanted to see a lot more people come to faith. Uh, so, that's one that I care, definite carry over uh, to this year. Uh, didn't grow the church as much as I envisioned. It's not really up to me. It, it, you know, it's God who builds His church, but we certainly work towards it, and I have… Uh, ex- I just am ecstatic about the future of open life, and, and uh, I mean, it is cool. Today, right now down in Sumner Middle School, there is another church that looks just like us. It's just called Living Hope. You know, Brent uh, started his church on Christmas Eve down there at Sumner Middle School, and today is like the first Sunday where they meet like every Sunday. Uh, And and that's just exciting to me to know that we've multiplied, and we're going to just continue to do that. So anyway, that's, that's pretty sweet, but I still want to, ooh, let's grow it. Let's, let's do this amazing thing for Jesus. And then I didn't meet my financial goals. Dana, don't laugh out loud. So anyway, uh, you, know, you know, you have financial goals, and you're like, what? Financial goals? Yeah, man, you got to have that, because if you don't, then you're not. If you aim for nothing, you're going to hit nothing, right? So personally, I'm grateful for the verse for today that's on the top of your handout. The verse for today is this, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Isn't that good news, right? The old is gone. Like, we closed the book on 2012. It is time for 2013. It's time for the future. It's time for did you know yesterday was the actual day that Marty McFly went to the future in Back to the Future 2? Did you know that? Yesterday at like 1 something, it was the actual day, and I still don't have a hoverboard. I'm a little disappointed, but uh, it, it, it was the day. Isn't that just kind of weird to think of? And Jaws 19 has not come out. If you remember right, right at the beginning, there's this Jaw and I, I went on YouTube and watched it because I'm a geek. So they, uh, uh, here's here's the thought that I tweeted earlier this week. Building a new you has little to do with you and everything to do with what God did for you. It has little to do with you, right? It's not, or else we're going to boast if it's building a new you. If it's about you, you can just brag that you did it, right? I'm a self-made, there's lots of books that can help you do it in your strength. But what if we allow God to do it in His strength? After all, He's the one with the incomparable riches of grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Simple takeaway today is if anyone is in Christ, he is new creation. The new has come. Building you, building a new you is not based on your past, but has everything to do with your future. I don't know what you guys what your holidays look like necessarily, but ours looked like a lot of traveling and uh, mar- marked by like traveling and sickness combined. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but we went all over the place and we kind of chuckle about it and, and yet get stressed about it and all that stuff. We went to Roach Harbor, Vancouver, Washington. We On Christmas Day, we were at our home in Auburn and Fall City and Shoreline. And, you know, it's just like, lots of miles for a family of six in a minivan and hundreds of miles. And yes, our minivan does kind of smell like a junior high locker room. I'm just saying it's kind of weird. Part of that to do with two of our kids while we were on these trips did throw up in the car. So I'm, you know, it's got anybody want to go for a ride in the minivan, the Huff minivan? What what, what does this have to do with anything? Well, before Christmas, when I was having my oil changed, they were concerned because they check all the stuff in your car and they said, sir, your, your windshield wipers are cracking and they're dry and in inclement weather, they will not work. And so I was like, yeah, notice that. It's like smear. I just thought somebody vaseline our windshield. But it wasn't the, so. It was just real bad windshield wipers. So I went and bought new wipers, but which wipers? Our vehicle has like the wipers on the front and then the one on the back. Which wipers do you think I bought? just the ones on the front. Why would I replace the back one, right? Isn't that kind of funny? But because where I need to see is where I'm going. And when you have a family of six, you can't see out the back window. It's always got something back there packed up so far that you can't see. What good is that little mirror? I have no idea. Just take it off. I have to use those ones. But it's the reality of of our, our, our van made me think of this. You know, we I wanted to see where I was going more than I was concerned with the view from where I had been. And because the new has come, and I, I'm hoping our life is like that. I hope as we enter into 2013, we're focused on getting everything clear so we can see ahead. Instead of just dwelling on what is in the back, blocking our view from what's in our past, we should focus on the future. Uh, during our break, we also rented a few movies. I love Redbox, and uh, one of them we grabbed was a remake. I don't know if I like the original or this one more, but did anybody see Total Recall? Total Recall has an interest. No, I'm, I'm the only media junkie. Okay, there we go. This is interactive time. Don't make me feel lonely. Uh, Total Recall, you know, I remember the old Arnold Schwarzenegger one, where uh, uh, which was kind of fun, but uh, this one was pretty sweet too, and uh, if you haven't seen it, let me just give you a quick synopsis of the movie and try not to totally ruin it. Because the trailer ruins it. So anyway, this, this movie, the guy goes and he, he's going to go to this dream world. He's unsatisfied with his life. He's having nightmares and flashbacks. He doesn't think they're flashbacks. He just thinks they're dreams. And he goes and, and, and he gets plugged into this machine, which kind of awakens physically who he was. And he comes to find out, like, they had erased his memory. And so he's in this trying to figure out who he is, but he's having this physical recall of who he is. All of a sudden, he's like, kicks everybody's behinds that are around him. And, uh, you know, he's just like, what is this? Who am I? How do I do this? And and he finds out his wife was a spy and just all this stuff. So it was pretty sweet and and entertaining, lots of crazy, impossible things that they do and live through. And uh, he's put to the question, though, at one point in the movie where he could actually go back to, to who he was before, but it would erase like all of his current memories. Or he could just, because physically he had come back, but not memory-wise, he could just move forward from where he was. And he chose to move forward from where he was. And I thought that was kind of a, an interesting thought in the middle of this just action movie. Really no point to the movie, it's just action, right? Those kind. And, and that we would just move forward, and I think for some of us, that's a challenge. I mean, to seriously, can you imagine being put at the place to say, I am just going to let, like seriously, not return to the past. The old is, is gone. It's all new. That's, some of us would prefer that option. <laughs> it's like, wait, you mean I could just, like all the regret, all the hurt, all the pain, all the baggage, I could just leave it and just like move on? yeah. Now, the enemy doesn't want us to forget our past. I think he's most often the one who reminds us of it. But God's saying all things can be made new for those who are in Christ. Another thing I'm hearing as we enter into 2013, it's a buzz phrase, if you would. I've I've seen it on Facebook. I've heard it on TV. Uh, just Phrases like this, and, and, and I want us to really consider it. We sang the opposite of this just a second ago. But people saying, be the best you, you can be. And we're all like, yeah, the best. I'm going to be the best me I've become. You know, it's kind of this Everything's centered around us universe, you know, and it's it's this, it's all about me. If it is to be, it's up to me. You know, we kind of have those phrases. And, and, and I've, I was just, hmm. I was thinking, is this good advice? You know, is this really, like, is this what we should shoot for? Because it seems like it's kind of like living in the past a little bit in that whoever we've become to this point is all that we can be. So be you. But God's challenging us that we can be all that He's envisioned for us. He makes beautiful things out of us, and He's, like, still making us. We're a continual work in progress. There's new things ahead. And so, I don't know that I just want to be who I can be. I I don't want to leave the now and just not ever be present, but I do want to always strive towards the future, something that Scripture speaks a lot of. I, I want to pursue the hope that's for tomorrow and not just settle, and so I, I would like to challenge us a little bit to look in Scripture about what God's envisioned for us. What, if you could link up with the plan which God put in place for you before you were born. Total recall. You're going to like, zzz, just all of a sudden zap into who God really made you to be and reconnect with that. It says in Jeremiah 1, five, God saying this through a prophet. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. It kind of means you're, you're important. It says it this way in Psalm 139, 13, You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful." I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. 2013 has been specifically set apart, scripted, if you would, for you. Before you were born, all the days ahead, their blessings, their pain, their dreams, what's going to be awakened in you, God foreknew that. Isn't that kind of intense to consider? It just makes your brain think, or at least me it does. With Christ, your future is not based on your past kind of like Russell Wilson today. His present today doesn't mean he's going to lose because it's a road game and he's a Seahawk. His future is not based on his past. Okay, I better get off that or I'll just lose my train of thought and and go beast mode. Anyway, so uh, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The new has come. You are God's workmanship, and he has a plan for your 2013. I can't say that enough. We just need to be aware of that. As is most of the faith, it's it's really simple. That's why I opened this talk with the passage from Ephesians 2. Just faith is simple. Life is really simple. And new life, this new being in Christ is super simple. I think my newest favorite word is it's uncomplicated, right? probably driving our team crazy as much as I say it's uncomplicated. But the reality is our relationship with Jesus is by faith, like we choose to follow Jesus. It's that simple. But yet we try to complicate it, don't we? The Bible makes our ability to build a new you very uncomplicated. So, why do we try to go out and read all these books and do all these weird action steps to to make ourselves a better us when we should really be looking to God and His plan for our future. If we're in Christ, if we have faith, all things are made new. We really can't complicate that. Anything beyond faith is works. And if we're saying to be new, we have to do this, 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 that, 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 We're complicating this simple plan God put in place for us by sending his son in our place to a cross to take our sin upon himself. Something we'll celebrate in communion as our response time today. He sacrificed his body, represented by the bread. He shed his blood, represented by the cup of juice. He did that for us and then rose three days later from the grave so that we could have the hope of eternal life through Christ. In Christ not only are we made new today here on earth, but we have the promise of a new eternal destination through faith in Him. That's awesome stuff. So back to our passage for today. I want us to take it and and look before and after it in, in if he, or in Second Corinthians five and and look at so what's wrapped around this. It's. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, and and, and how can we really take full advantage of this passage in our life in 2013? It says, starting in verse 14 of 2 Corinthians 5, "...for Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And He died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves." but for him who died for them and was raised again. See, this is where I kind of feel this tension when you say, be the best you you can be. But we're not supposed to just live for ourselves. Verse 16, From now on, we regard no more or no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new is come. All this is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ, gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. Isn't that good news? And He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. There's a lot of good theological meat in that section of Scripture, but I want us to grab three things today that I think are good applications for us for us to really lock in on this plan God has for our life. The first thing is we build from a new reality. We build from a new reality. In studying this passage within context and reading some different commentaries on it and stuff, it was very intriguing to me. Some translations and maybe your Bible if you if you had your Bible with you and you kind of look uh, there's a little note that links to a footnote uh, that this passage could be read in this way, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, that there is a new creation. There is a new creation. This thought of He is a new creation or there is a new creation stretches beyond the individual's context and their individual reality. And it literally means that when we put our faith in Jesus, and when we choose to follow Jesus, we go, Jesus, come into my heart. I want to follow you. We, we believe in his, his price he paid on the cross, his resurrection, and we begin to grow in that relationship with Jesus. That's why Open Life exists, right, to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus. When we do that, it doesn't just change our faith. It changes our entire situation, our context, our current reality Switched. Things don't behave in the same law that they used to prior to our making a decision to follow Jesus. He made everything new. That's intense. The way we deal with problems shifts, the way circumstances hit us shift. Our attitude's different. When things happen to us, bad things still happen because we live in a world that's full of sin. But the way we deal with those, we have a different strength, a different mindset. Our reality shifts. The new you that you are set to build in 2013 is not based on old tools, supplies that you've had to scrounge up from the leftovers of your life, if you will. The strength that you have left be the best you. Uh, Instead, you have the strength of Jesus and the price he paid on your side. The foundation of being in Christ gives you a new reality. Second thing we should grasp we are reconciled. It's kind of a clunky word, right? Reconciliation or reconciled. most of the times you probably hear that in the context of marriages or relationships reconciling a relationship. Uh, the actual context and meaning of this is is it's when enemies become friends it's when they deal with their issues it's used in in context of battle and and like you know foes coming and reconciling and, and peace entering uh, but in this instance uh It's interesting to consider because we have to ask the question, were we truly God's enemy before we made a decision to follow Jesus? Maybe some of you are pre that decision personally. Maybe you've yet to choose to follow Jesus and invite Him into your life as Lord and Savior. And and, and does that mean you're the enemy of God? Let's look at it a little deeper. How about we look over in Romans 5, 10 through 11. It says it this way. For if, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to Him through the death of His Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through His life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received Reconciliation. The image is not of our hating one another, like us hating God, Him hating us, we're enemies, but of us being opposed to God. We were behaving as an enemy. Our our not confessing Jesus as Lord was was just putting us separated from Him in opposition to and once we place our faith in Jesus, that gap closes. Our choosing to follow Jesus and grow in relationship with Him is an act of reconciliation. It brings peace in between us and God. It's our surrendering that was in opposition, like we just didn't want to give up our sin, if you would. But once we surrender our sin, reconciliation, His embrace, His love, His salvation, His hope, His forgiveness, His fulfillment. Having a full life. Like not just, I ate enough and I'm full now. That's easy to get to. But like, I just want my life to be like, it's all good, right? I hope that you can sit down at some point in 2013 and go, this is life. Like this is good. You have that moment. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Or there is new creation. The new has come. Final thought, point three, we're Christ's ambassadors. Now, some old school like people might have grown up in a church like a long time ago. There was this program, I think it was youth ministry, that was called Christ's ambassadors. Wasn't there like a rhyme that went with it? Hun, do you remember Christ's Ambassadors? Yeah, it was really old then. Ha, <laughs> just kidding. Anyway, so we were, you know, it was this old school deal that they, you know, youth ministries were all called Christ's Ambassadors. and uh, but, but it was based off this passage. And it actually is kind of a cool meaning. It just sounds weird now to us. It's not like, you know, I'm the 12th man because I'm a Christ's ambassador. It just doesn't have this, like, motivational, like, you want to make a flag with it. But anyway, it... Uh, We are Christ's ambassadors. Ambassadors were very common in this day, and actually, if somebody gave you the honor of being an ambassador in the day of Scripture, like, you're a big deal. You still are. Like, when somebody gets promoted to being an ambassador of something in the world, it's like, it's an honor. But an ambassador carried a message as if being the person who said it. That's what an ambassador is. And we've been given a mission, if you will. We've been given a message, it says here, in our text today, of reconciliation. We have been committed to the message of reconciliation, it says in the text. We are now the ones who are supposed to bring people into a peaceful relationship with God. Help them drop the opposition, to tear down the walls so that they can allow that relationship that connection with God to be formed, leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. An ambassador was also the literal representation of the one who initiated the message. Like, their presence meant the person who sent them was there. They could sit and make decisions at a table of honor. They were the ambassador, so their word was that person's word who sent them still exists the same way in politics around the globe today. And you and I not only have a mission and a message that we're supposed to share, like we are the literal representation of Jesus on earth. You and I, as one of my mentors used to call it, are Jesus with skin on to the people around us. Now, that might make you nervous about the representation others see of Jesus. Uh, But the reality is, for those of us who are in Christ, we're a new creation. We are supposed to carry through our life, our example, and through the message we share, we're supposed to carry this passion for people to be reconciled to God. We're the ambassador. And I think in this day, they didn't look very kindly on sending an ambassador with a message and them not delivering it. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. It's an incredible responsibility to have this message of reconciliation. In the coming weeks, we're going to pursue three keys to carrying out this ministry of reconciliation, if you would. I think if, you're, if you have these three elements in your life active and balanced, uh, then this message of reconciliation thing will just come very naturally and not really be something we feel like is a checklist of the faith or like awkward or clunky. Uh, And and my prayer is that in the coming coming weeks… Well, my prayer is Philemon 6. Listen to this. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Active. That thought of being active. Thus the series Activate. We believe being active in connecting, in serving, and in sharing. Like if we're doing those three things in a balanced proportion like you're going to see your relationship with Jesus growing. You're just going to grow spiritually, and your context and reality will continue to grow and be anew. And we're going to be tearing those things apart in the coming weeks. Hebrews 4, 12 through 13 says this, the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow. It judges The thoughts and attitudes of the heart, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. The Bible is active, and so should we be. Active in our faith, active in connecting with God and others, active in serving God and others, active in sharing what God is doing in our life, sharing in the responsibility of taking the message of reconciliation, being the ambassadors together of Christ, His presence in our world. I couldn't think of a better imagery to show you today than a video I saw online. And I just love these videos. It's just like, get out the Kleenex, right? Uh, ESPN does such a good job of it. But we live in a world that's searching for hope and searching for something new and uh, looking for fulfillment, if you will, and they're searching in stuff to find fulfillment. But the Father heart of God sent Christ to fulfill us. Like when we experience Christ, like, oh, finally, that was the empty piece. That was the missing piece. And... Uh, I want you to kind of envision Christ as the peace and Father, heart of God, allowing Christ to come to be a solution when you watch what is called the kick of hope here. I think the dream of every person who has faith in Christ should be to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. just as that father said man I'm so proud of my son he did the impossible I am praying that through being active in your faith this year you would find yourself in impossible places being an ambassador for Christ and you would look back on this day and go God put a seed of faith in my heart he made everything new He made beautiful out of something that, man. Today we're going to celebrate what Jesus has done through communion as we sing a song here. And I want you to look at the action steps on the bottom of your handout. I'm going to close in prayer first. If you've yet to follow Jesus and choose to follow Jesus, man, I want you to do that today. I want you to be in Christ. I want newness to be your claim. I want that to be what allows us to be the most full year you've ever experienced. And so we're gonna pray and give you a chance to invite Jesus into your life and today. I want you to come back in the next couple weeks as we look at connect and serve and share and, and, and what God has in store for us. And we're planning something special for February tenth in the afternoon just to be different because we're still going to have church that morning. But we have been planning an event called Activate where we could really share the mission and vision and the future of open life in a very cool way. And uh, that day will be that day. So just kind of jot that, block that off in your calendar. It's going to be for every one of us who want to be active on the mission of Jesus this year. So God, man, I thank you for your word and your promises, for you giving us the ability to be new. Your word even says you make your mercies new every day for us through Christ. And so God, if there are some here today that have yet to make that choice to follow you, as Lord and Savior of their life. If they've yet to say, Jesus, come into my life, I pray that they would just pray along with me right now. Jesus, come into my life. I want to follow you. I want to know you more. I want to grow in a relationship with you this year. I want to know what it is to be made new. And God, I pray as those of us who have confessed you as Lord go to the elements here during this worship song and we take the bread and we dip it in the juice representing your body and your blood, and then we eat that. I pray that we would just give you all the thanks for making everything new in our life. You are incredible, and we worship and love you. Amen.